Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today I have a special guest. Um, she played Survivor many times. She <laughs> is the season one um, winner of the Trader USA, Ms. Sari Fields. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. There's a lot going on in my life right now, but I'm doing okay. Thank you for saying yes to talk mental health. I know like it's being talked about a lot now, you know, but uh, thank mm-hmm. you for saying yes and being brave to come on here and talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all have something, right? And yeah. it, it may be mental health. It, it might be something with anxiety. It could be anything. It, issues. We're all the same. We're all going through the same thing together. And the more people talk about it, the more it'll be understood. Yes. Yes. So my first question for you, I ask everybody that comes on this podcast, this question I'm going to ask you, how is your mental health? Ooh, it's waning right now, I tell you. <laughs> um, I, I'm always the strong person, right? So in a group of friends, I'm known as the strong one. In the family, they calling me. So it's, 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 it's okay, but it's a lot when you have to think about and take care of everybody else first because you can't seem... Once you get labeled that strong person, it's like, oh my God, she's cr- she can't be weak. You can't, you don't, you, you yeah. make yourself feel like you can't ever be weak or let your shoulders down because you're the strong one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Dang, I get that. I definitely, you know, I definitely get that. Um, my next question for you, uh, one of my second favorite questions. That was my first favorite question. Um, growing up, right, was it okay not to be okay for you? I know different households are different things you know especially in a black household everybody grows up differently but growing up was it okay not to be okay for you no if it may have been but I didn't feel that way I'm one of nine kids right and again I was my I have one older sister than me so no it wasn't again I'm not going to say it wasn't we know I didn't feel that it was so you still had to put on the front I smiled every day regardless of what was going on I was known as the girl that was always smiling and it, they had no idea what was yeah. going on, you know? Yeah. Um, my next question for you, right? And let's, like you mentioned something earlier, you know, there's a stigma surrounding mental, mental health, right? But there's a stigma surrounding um, Black women's mental health, right? What do you say to that stigma that says, you know, like they say, Black women, y'all got this, you know, you've been through <laughs> so much, you're strong, you're going to get through this. What do you say to that stigma who do we lean on? That That's correct. We have been through a lot and we will stand strong. But when we do need that extra oomph, that extra push, where do we turn, right? You can't, you're going to break. If you put too much pressure on anything, it's going to eventually give out and break. So if you, yeah, you have to make a space for the strong ones to come and let their shoulders down my I, I literally the other night was laying in bed 
and I felt myself put my shoulders down. I'm like, wait a minute, my shoulder, why are my shoulders up like that? Just always, yeah. I need to be able to let my shoulders down. That was good. <laughs> that was so good. I know a lot of uh, black women can definitely take that and just apply that to the life. That's wow. That was good. Oh, thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that jump. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is the truth. Like that's so good. Um, what um, do you have a circle of friends or family that keeps you, you know, account- hold you accountable for your mental health? Oh, you know what? My mother tries, but not really. Like, again, when you're the one, the go-to person, everybody just expects you to have it together. Ain't nobody really thinking, how is this on her? My mother does say sometimes, like, you got to stop. You got to, you know, take some time for yourself or you're going to have a, her words, not mine, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. Um, but outside of that, I got three boys who love me to death. And I don't even think they understand what mental health is to Black women, especially strong Black women like me. They just see you go, they, they, you're their role model, and that's all they know. They don't, yeah. I don't think it, it occurs to them to, you know, say, my, how are you though mentally? I, I, I will say this, my youngest son, we real, real, real cool, like best friend yeah. cool. <laughs> he did, I believe he said that to me like maybe a month ago, like how was up with you? How are you mentally? On a lightweight way, but being a mom, you're not gonna unload, yeah. you're not gonna unload that. You being a mom, a sister, a daughter, a black yeah. woman, you don't feel like you have the, the permission to unload yeah. what you're carrying. It's so it's so crazy that you said that because like you know growing up right my my my, my mom and dad was on drugs so my grandma raised me and stuff like that so I always remember like my grandma never like showing no emotions or like sadness if something bothered her so like I think like seeing that and you know I'm 32 now and just seeing that and just like you know being like I gotta be strong you know I gotta keep my shoulders mm-hmm. up I can't let nobody see me weak because that's what I grew up and saw you know like yeah. I didn't see her. Only I never saw her cry. Stuff that like her sisters didn't invite her to, it. and I'm thinking like it hurt me, and I'm just looking at her like, oh, it don't hurt her. like she don't care. So you know, it's, you know, it's like it's just crazy just thinking about that. Um, before we get into my next question, I want to say anybody out there that's listening to this podcast episode, if you're struggling with any deep dark depression or thoughts of suicide, there is a suicide prevention crisis line number that you can call. The number is 988. I say that every episode, the number is 988. If you are struggling, you know someone's struggling, please dial that number. So my last question, I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to answer first. So if you feel comfortable to answer it, um, have you ever dealt with any thoughts of depression or any thoughts of suicide? I'll answer it first. So my viewers know that as a child, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins um 2019 lost my mom to liver cancer then honestly lost my sister so like suicidal thoughts have been in my mind a lot you know attempts have been made you know Mm -hmm. just the thought of not being here just not feeling love because of the sexual abuse what it did to me it took like my love away from myself and I feel like you know what they did to me I had to like put myself at the government I wasn't even the one that broke myself which is crazy Mm -hmm. I say that but you know um suicidal thoughts you know like I hope it doesn't come back. I'm 
creative doesn't come in because I've just been like, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. I've been doing shrooms and it's been like so amazing for my mental health. I like haven't had really? no suicidal, yeah, I haven't had no suicidal thoughts in wow. like a week. You know, I just started, I just like a week, I've been good. Like if I was sad or something, like it just really helped me. So, you know, guys, if you're out there struggling, please reach out. Please, yeah. please reach out. Absolutely. So for me, I, I never had suicidal thoughts, but I always questioned myself at times, am I depressed? Because I look at some of the signs and symptoms and sometimes the way that I feel like I've never been clinically diagnosed with any type of depression, but I do feel at times that I have been depressed. Um, and I didn't really, I, I got over it because that's what we were taught to do. You just get over it. Yeah. Um, anybody listening, I'm going to say this again. If you're dealing with thoughts of suicide, any suicide ideation, I think that depression, please reach out. There are free resources out there. You know, the Suicide Prevention yeah. Lifeline. I volunteer for NAMI Bus County, PA. We have free online support groups. They're not intended to replace therapy. But you should get into therapy because therapy is a must. Please, guys, reach out if you know anybody struggling, if you're struggling. So my next question for you, right? I'm going to tell you, right? We're going to talk. We're still talking mental health. I never really watched the Bible, right? Okay. Never. I always thought the show was just like, oh, there ain't something I can do. I just never do that, right? So you played Survivor, I think, like four, five times? Four. Girl, I got to <laughs> ask you, how was your... Mentally, how was that, girl? I got to ask you, like, mentally. You played it four times. Living yeah. on that island. Like, I think I watched one episode. I don't know if it was the winter season I watched. Somebody told me to just watch it. So they mm-hmm. recommended the winter season with, I think, with Sandra and I think Tyson probably was on. I think that was yeah. the season. When was that war, probably? Oh, that's what it was. So I watched season that. 40. Yeah. And I think Tyson family came. And Everybody's family came. Yeah. I was blown away. <laughs> He, it was like, they was like, what they say? They said, he was like, this is where daddy, like, you know, pooped in the water and take the back. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, this show is like really real. So mentally, how was doing them shows for you? So for me, it's almost like, you know, Survivor is a social experiment. And I feel like every day I go to work, I'm in a social experiment. <laughs> Because that's technically what's happening minus any required duties to get paid. Oh, the only thing yeah. you have to do on Survivor is last. Yeah. I played out with and out last. That's what you need to do. But it's basically like being at work. There are people at your job or at my job. I covered three hospitals in, Jer- in, in New Jersey, right? So there's people at all three of those hospitals that I might not call on the weekend I might not want to go out and get a drink with there's people that are smarter than me that are there there are people who are not as smart as me that are there and it's basically that's how I looked at it was basically like being at work and just like at work sometimes you can find meaningful relationships and make a friend a buddy at work it's the same thing on Survivor you're just dealing with people that don't live at your house <laughs> and aren't coming to your house, <laughs> right? So you just have to, however you um, manage your yes. in daily life is how you would 
manage on Survivor. So if you can work with people and everybody likes you and says, oh, great things about you, um, nobody really wants to kill you, but you could be that person too. That's the thing about Survivor. You could be the person everybody wants to kill and still yeah. come on Survivor. It's just like a, a melting pot of personalities. And what's work, especially in the medical field. I work in, yeah. in hospitals. So when I walk into that hospital, it's a melting pot of personalities, personality yeah. types. That's really what it was. And I'm, I'm, I'm good with people. I'm a people person. So that part of it wasn't mentally taxing. It was the fear of not being able to complete on any of the challenges because the challenges is brutal on Survivor. They real, everything you see is really happening. Like you can't see it unless it took place. Now, maybe they can edit certain things, but they can only edit what you say or do, right? So it is, that part of it would have me like nervous, like, damn, because when it was challenge day, it's like, what's it going to be? Because you never get to see until you walk out. Yeah. Is it going to be something that I can complete? Am I going to fail? I failed horribly on this beam challenge, um, but I was given the opportunity to complete it, which was great. But to you expose everything on Survivor, you expose all of your weaknesses, so that will mess with your mess with you a little bit mentally when people see you fail. Like yeah. everybody can watch it. Usually, you your failures. I don't know what your failures are. They're usually private, right? But when it's exposed to the world, it makes you look at yourself a little bit differently or judge yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that's those are the f- effects on my mentality that the game yeah. had. Let me tell you. Um, I was talking to. Um, I had Desi Williams on my um, podcast. Yeah, I know Desi. And... I don't know her, but I know her from the show. She she was like, never say never. I said, listen, never. I would never do that shit. I said, first of all, y'all sleeping outside. I said, yeah. I could never. And I saw like like clips of like bugs. I said, yeah, never. I said, never. I said, no, no. no. She's like, never say never. I'm like, mentally, that will be so, so bad for me. So we you did Survivor um, a couple, four times. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that watch it. They said like, you're like the best player to never win so <laughs> I guess, yeah you got like a lot of fan love it's everything yeah. so let's fast forward to the trader you know oh <laughs> how was that mentally for you because um that was rough. I, just, I i get that you like i get that you have to play a game right it's a game right. you know right. just like somebody, you have to play a game you have to do what you got to do what's best for you to win and you know you developing friendships and stuff like that, but you know at the end you like betraying people, you know. But like, how was that mentally for you? So the traders was a little rough because you're designated as a trader, yeah. right? So the moment that's day one, that's the first. You've only met these people for hours. Hours into it, now they decide who the trader is going to be, and you get selected. Yeah. So for me. I don't really deem it as a betrayal because yeah. every person there could have been selected, right? So I'm set up to not let you know that I'm a traitor. Yeah. That was mentally taxing because every day you had to walk into these breakfasts and act surprised. Woohoo, who's here? Is so and so coming? I tell you, I did put my acting chops on. I'll put you my acting chops to work. <laughs> um, the other thing was watching, I, I never, I, I'm a person that wants to take responsibility for what I did. 
Yeah. Right. So to watch these other people, a lot of people I really liked and grew close to, I knew some of them going into it. Right. So that made yeah. it even worse. I have to watch you be accused of doing something that yeah. I know for a fact you're not doing. That was tough. That was tough, especially for the ones I had relationships with. Yeah. Right. I don't ever, it was terrible. A few times I went to be like, you know, stop, y'all. It ain't her as me. But, you know. <laughs> But, but that show like I that show like it seemed like because like even watching like when Cody just he couldn't hold the gun I'm just like this must when I saw I was like yo this must be mentally bad Texan. it is I was like this gotta be like yeah messing with somebody's mental health like I had Christian on the show and I I told myself I told myself bro I said you I said you messed up <laughs> I was like you just <laughs> like I was like you messed up you know but I can get it like when you just when your back is against the wall and it seemed like a hard show like you like you said developing friendships with people you really like them but at the end of the day you know it's a game it's you gotta do you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do if it's a game was you happy that you got picked as a traitor yeah yeah um, i kind of knew like i know again i told you i'm a people person and people yeah. gravitate towards me and usually trust me and they should they should not yeah. in the game of traders because you don't know who was selected, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was happy to be a trader. I just didn't know, I didn't understand how hard it would get because I, again, I didn't know. I knew Stephanie and Rachel, yeah. but I didn't know the other eighteen players, so I had zero connections. And then I'm selected, so I'm like, okay, all you have to do <laughs> is go undiscovered. But who knew I would form such great relationships when from the door. It's instant betrayal if you're selected yeah. as a traitor. So they're going to see it as betrayal no matter what. But what I pride myself on is that I didn't have to bamboozle or hoodwink anybody during yeah. this show. I didn't have to uh, Jedi mind trick anybody. Yeah. I didn't have to do any of that. All I had to do is vote with the group and stay in my alliance. And my alliance was formed from the second we got on the train. I didn't even get to select who would be in my alliance. They told us where to sit. And just by way of where we sat, yeah. whoever I start this with, that's who I'm the most loyal to. And that's what I said, that's what I meant. Yeah. That formed my alliance of Andy, Michael, Rachel. Yeah. They were all, once I was given where to sit, they were all there. And yeah. that's who I rocked out with as long as I could. Yeah. They need to put you on somebody TV shows on it because your acting chops was good. Like nobody suspected you, even though like the viewers knew. But it was just like I feel like nobody just like came to you like Sorry, I think you're a traitor or whatever that was. It's just like how can they not? But I get it. You was acting. <laughs> you was listen Academy Award because they did not suspect you. Cody you gave it away. Christian gave it away. You know I was such an easy acting gig because I I played myself. Yeah. I didn't act. I didn't have to do anything but be myself and people like me. I usually get along good with people. I don't, you know, not, not everybody, let's make that clear, but <laughs> for the <laughs> most part, <laughs> people do like me. So I was just me. Yeah. So the reunion, I watched the reunion, you know, um, um, I'm gonna ask you about like, I don't know all your shows you've been on mentally. How is it like, you know, like your show, like I know Big Brother is different where it's live, but like Survivor or Traders, watching it back, 
does that affect your mental health or was some something somebody may have said or absolutely just, it can okay. it definitely can because if you see yourself one way yeah and if you watch the show and you see how other people are perceiving you they have a specific challenge for that yeah. and i won that challenge by the way um and it's just, they just pretty much ask questions of the tribe like who do you think is the most selfish or who do you think is the most noisy or who do you think is the most happy yeah. and your answer has to be what the majority of the tribe believes or thinks yeah. or how they feel right so as you're watching it and you find out well you're going to first experience it there yeah but to watch it back and see that maybe the majority of the tribe think you're the most annoying and you yeah. don't see yourself that way that could take a real hit to your mental health. Like, wait a minute, yeah. what? Or if people don't like you the way you think it is and you get to watch it and hear the things they say behind your back, yeah, that could be a, a, a big hit on your mental health. Yeah, I always say like shows like The Challenge, you know, Survivor or like um, Traders or just Out of Mold, y'all get to watch it back. But you know, Big Brothers is like a live show. You don't really, I feel like Big Brother would be a lot to watch back because <laughs> you have to watch like live feeds. Just well, to, you know. Fun, right, to capture everything. We yeah. watch what they edit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you probably never know. <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> ever. Survivor, there's so many hours of taping. They can't show you everything in one hour once a week. So it's probably a lot. And probably which is a benefit to my mental health mental health yeah. that i didn't see like everything everybody said yeah so yeah. you you know, you know you play you know the game four times and play the trailer how is it being a black woman in reality tv oh, that's a hard one because there's different it's different for everybody right yeah. for me honestly oh wait let me get this for me uh, so for me, I was the most unlikely person to be on a reality show. When I yeah. tried out for Survivor the first time in 2005, the first and only time in 2005, um, I would I would not, if I was a producer, yeah. they, they're geniuses. I would have never put me on a television show. I was 210 pounds, I was overweight. I had clearly no idea what I was getting myself into. Even though I was a big fan of the show, I wore capri pants because they let you get your wardrobe. They just tell you what colors to get. I brought capri pants, ankle socks. Okay, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wore a stupid looking bucket hat that wouldn't keep a fly dry. So mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been there, right? <laughs> um, but they saw pests all of the stupidity that I presented with and said, no, she'll be good for the show. So I've always, I don't know, I've, I've always had a great experience in reality TV. Again, they shouldn't have picked me and they, they pick me over and over and over and over again. Um, but yeah. I do, I do now, you know, I understand the inclusivity stuff that's going on now. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it's a, a needed thing for the diversity of the yes. shows. Um, so I, I do get that, but that just was not my experience. Yeah, I always um, like, you know, I always get excited when I see a person of color on um, any reality show. I'm always, you know, rooting for them. Uh, like, <laughs> like I had, 
I had, um, you know, like with Big Brother, they got the whole cookout lines they had. And yeah, I love like that. Whole, I thought that was first, amazing. First Black winner in, um, you know, history of Big Brother. Then, you know, the next season after that, King Teller, you know, first Black. Yeah, back to back. And I was That's just beautiful. like, oh, so excited. So I always get excited when I see a lot of people of color on TV, no matter what show it is, reality show. I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, good. My next question to you, right? is uh, what are some good coping skills you could recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? And before she answered, guys, you know, whatever my coping skills may be, whatever some coping skills may be, may not work for you, but it's our coping skills. It may work for somebody. Right. So I think we take ourselves too damn seriously, me included. Like I will write the story of what's going to happen when I go to work tomorrow and already be aggravated. Don't suffer twice. That's my advice. Don't pre-suffer, pre-judge or or guesstimate what's going to happen, how you're going to have to react because you're already placing anxiety on yourself. This may not happen so many times. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to hear and nothing happens. All the whole story that I wrote in my mind and I'm suffering yeah. while I'm experiencing it, what I'm going to say and all of this and how I'm going to act and what I'm going to do. Um, but it wasn't necessary. So we put ourselves through so much. We could start there. Yeah. Just live in that moment. Stop worrying about what's going to happen in an hour. You don't even know if you're going to be here in an hour. So you're pre-worrying unnecessarily. Now you worry twice. When you get into that time and then before yeah. that time. Um, the other thing I would suggest is whatever you're into. Yeah. People, I used to hear people all the time like, oh, oh have a glass of wine. Oh my God, I gotta have a glass of wine. <laughs> I didn't understand. I really didn't because I wasn't a wine drinker. So I didn't understand. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's what it takes for you to unwind. You have to unwind. You have to unwind. If yeah. you stay wound up, if anything stays wound up for a particular period of time that wasn't built to be that way, it's going to break. Yeah. So whatever you need, no judgment to do to unwind. Yeah. Not to pour yourself, no more problems, but to unwind, do that. If it's sick, kicking it with the grandkids, if it's coffee, if it's wine, if it's going to, because if it's whatever it is, you have to make that time for yourself. You have to, you have to take care of you. Ain't nothing wrong with a glass of wine, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong. But I I have one more question, but I want to ask you another question too, because I meant that. Because I had uh, one of my, somebody from the mold, this guy, Jacob, on my podcast before um and he opened my eyes he's a firefighter slash emt and it opened my eyes into that world so i want to actually ask somebody that work in the hospital like does it working in the hospital you know i don't know if like what your job is if you see people die i'm a director of perioperative services okay, for the hospital system in new jersey okay does that like affect your mental health working in the, like you said you was at three different hospitals does that like affect your mental health well you know what it it, it does because I have to deal with the staff at this hospital yeah. and I, you know, maybe they're grumpy. Like today I had meetings after meetings and my last meeting was with some staff members pretty much giving feedback on other staff members. And, you know, it got, a, it got to a point of difficult conversation a little bit, yeah. but 
my team knows where I'm coming from, right? So yeah. I dealt with that there. And then if I have to go, today I didn't, but if I have to go to Bayonne Hospital and now they're yeah. waiting to see me there because they're, all of that is just putting these weight on my shoulders. So my shoulders yeah. are up to my earlobes now and I don't even realize it because before I get to the third hospital because of what I experienced at the first two hospitals. Wow. So definitely, but I think that could be with any job. Yeah. not necessarily just in the healthcare field any job that you have to go to to a social experiment every day yeah right and get along that's me i understand <laughs> <laughs> i work inside yeah, the post office i work inside the post office so i understand it's a little <laughs> it only be the, only be the customer it'd be your co-worker you, know, right. <laughs> you have to deal with all of that in these in this social experiment we call work every day so i think just leaving your house can affect your mental health. Yes. And my last question for you, right? What do you say to someone? I mean, what do you tell someone why it's so important to put their mental health first? You know, a lot of us, you know, we are people that like to do for others, you know? Tell yeah. that person that's listening why it's important to put their mental health first. You know why it's important to put your mental health first? Because you're not an expert at it. As much as you may think you know, there'll be signs of ways you're feeling. You will brush it off, especially if you're one of those strong shoulder up people. You'll brush that off like, oh, I'm not feeling like that. And it's trying to give you a sign that it's time for some self-care. Like this is too much. You're going too long without taking a breather, having that glass of wine, doing whatever it is for yourself. So one, you're not an expert at it. You won't see the signs. And it's just like the reason, same reason you get your oil changed in your yeah. brand new car that you got. You're going to routinely go and get that oil changed because you don't want that car to break down. We need yeah. to look at ourselves the same way. And mental health is part of our overall well-being. So if we're not doing that um, oil change on ourselves regularly, we ain't going to be able to get any further than we are right now. And that's the, that's the same with your car. Your car will stop right where it's at if you don't take care of it. Not necessarily just the oil change, but you take care of that car. You know why? Because you want it to take you somewhere else. So if you want, if you want yourself to take you somewhere else, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Nobody else is gonna take care of you. Like you, I don't care who it is, your mother, your father, nobody's going to put into you what you can put into you. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I always say, I say like the same exact thing. I tell people when I do, like I leave, I'm a co-facilitator for Nami West County support groups. I always tell people, nobody's going to put your mental health first like you're going to put your mental health first. Nobody, and they can love you. Yeah. Nobody at all. But Absolutely um, right. I want to say thank you, you know, for coming on, talking mental health. Thank you so much. Congratulations sure. on, you know, you winning. Um, like I said, I don't know much of your story about Survivor, but I just know that you are, they said that you are the best player to never win. I feel like the guy, you know, like closes doors, closes a lot of doors. He always leads you to that right one. And, you know, yeah. like you, did, you did great on Trader. <laughs> you did nothing wrong. You played a hell of a game. And Thank you. BET, HBO Max, please hire your girl for the acting skills. Let's go. <laughs> she was, listen. <laughs> She was killing it. And I just want to say thank you for um, coming on. Uh, I appreciate you having me. This is something that I don't really get to talk. I don't yeah. think I've ever talked about mental health. 
Yeah. And I mean, ever. I don't mean just on a podcast. I mean, yeah. with my family, with my husband of 20 years, we those conversations aren't initiated. So I haven't been a part of it. So this is good for me as well. So I thank you for having me on. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.